This is the Narrative Shift Podcast, where we talk about faith, justice, race, and everything in between. Hey, I'm Terrence Lester. And I'm Johnny Taylor. And uh, thanks for tuning in. What's up, everybody? This is the 11th episode of Narrative Shift. This week, we are going over the 10th chapter of Terrence Lester's book, I See You. And we'll be talking about creating consistent rhythms. Wow. I think this, uh, wow, you said this is uh, episode 11? Episode 11. Wow, we've come a long way. A long way. What We started this back in August, right? And now it's... Was it August? I, I thought it was so. towards, was it the end of I August? I think it was the end of August. Okay. Because it was like right when your book launched. Yeah. So, and the book has been out a little over three months now. Which, by the way, is uh, it's done pretty good for uh, yeah. first time author man. Okay. Uh, it's being picked up to be translated to that's, Portuguese. That's amazing Portuguese. Do you yeah. Know, do you, do you, can you speak any Portuguese? No, no. but uh, but you can. My friend Google right. Google can. Yep. 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 Yeah, I'm excited about that. And, and uh, uh, the Library Journal also just uh, said that it was. Uh, one of the best religion and spirituality books of 2019. Yeah, I saw that. About nine other people. So yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you, man. It was. I was shocked when I yeah. saw that. Yeah. So, uh, kudos to the uh, the book. Um, if you have read it, uh, thank you. And if you haven't, I would suggest that you check out. I see you. Yep. But uh, chapter ten. Talks a little bit about creating consistent rhythms, and I think this this is a very important topic uh, since we're in the month of December. Almost, we got like two. Well, I no, guess we're in December. Tomorrow's December. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, and Christmas yeah, yeah. is right around. We the, are in December. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just had right uh, Thanksgiving, and yep. <clears throat> we're getting closer to Christmas, and. You know, one of the uh, things that I've noticed is, and it's it's probably just the way that society is structured, uh, the rhythms throughout the year, but people normally uh, do a lot of good towards the uh, end of the year. Yeah. Um, have you noticed that in the work that you do? I have, but before uh, we really get in, like, can we define like what we mean when we say creating rhythms? Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, when I when I think about a rhythm, uh, I'm thinking about something that you do that's kind of locked in uh, the muscle memory of your life, basically. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, people get up and they go to work every day. That's a rhythm. Uh, people, uh, you know, cook dinner or purchase food or eat some consume some type of uh, nourishment every day hopefully if you have that in your rhythm uh you know you wash your clothes your your you brush your teeth yeah <laughs> you, you know like on uh, <laughs> you bathe right on you wednesdays know. you go bowling yeah uh, yeah or you know <laughs> every week you date your wife or spouse if you have one or you hang out with your friends on this day or right. sundays you know, are for church yeah sundays yeah. are for church if you live in the south 
If you live in the South. Yeah. But these are the types of rhythms that are just like locked in. It's a part of your everyday life. It's 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 almost like something that you can do with without even thinking about it. Yeah. Because you're so accustomed to doing yeah. it. But when it comes to service, though, mm-hmm. service isn't, you know, incorporated in many people's lives as a rhythm. Yeah. Uh, service can almost be like event oriented. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did this one thing this one month, or I did those few things last year, or around uh, Thanksgiving or Christmas, I'm going to do this big thing. And uh, service is almost seen as something that is almost like a task. Yeah, it's more so like an event, not something that is integrated into your actual life. Right. Which can be problematic yeah, in many ways. Uh, because I think, you know, that uh, regardless of, of your faith, uh, but specifically if you are a believer, that some type of service should be at the core of your uh, your Christian journey, your Christian discipleship journey, um, your Christian lifestyle. Uh, but if you you know, don't align with the Christian tradition. Uh, I think at the core of just being a human and taking up space on this earth, uh, I think I read a quote somewhere that says, service is the rent we pay for just being here. Wow. Yeah. Um, I think we all have to give back and contribute in some way. And service shouldn't be seen as something that is a task or an event. It should be seen as something that we... We do repeatedly. We do in a rhythmic way. Yeah, uh, that is, you know, a part of our core value. Yeah. What do you think are some of the obstacles that get in people's way that prevent them from making service a part of their lifestyle, a part of their either weekly or maybe even daily way of life? Wow. <clears throat> that's a um, man. That's a great, great question. Uh, I would say one, it could be busyness. Um, people just being overloaded in their schedules, uh, almost to the point where, uh, busyness like robs them or occupies their mind in a way where they can't think about anything other than what's in front of them. Yeah. Um, I've seen it time and time again, man, where, you know, I'll go out and I'll give a talk or, you know, people will, you know, like, uh, you know, get involved with our organization in, in some way. And they're always asking, how can I how can I do more? How can I give more? And I always ask uh, them this question, like, well, what's on your plate? Yeah. And they go to listing all of these things and they don't have time this week and they don't have that uh, time and they don't know when they could get back and. Before long, busyness has like robbed them of their opportunity to serve and give back in yeah. a lifestyle type of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's because we often conflate busyness busyness with purpose. Mm. Uh, that think, if we're yeah, busy, we're, that means we're doing something mm. that is just as equal as service. That it's not like it's like well, I'm I'm doing all this stuff, so it'd be nice if I could serve, but it's not really. A priority. You know, priority. Like I have other things to do. Whereas it should be, okay, I need to serve. Like I need to 
make this part of who I am. Mm. Because like you said earlier, I mean, it's almost like paying rent for yeah. living on this planet. Yeah, man. And two, like <laughs> busyness is also like glorified in our culture, man. Like the more busy you are, uh, the more quote unquote successful you are mm-hmm. or the more, uh, you know, popularity you may have. And it's like this, this weird culture of busy where many people spend their entire lives chasing something that they'll never catch yeah, and doing things that mean absolutely nothing or have any eternal value or it doesn't provide any good for, for the rest of the world, man. And I think this self glorifying pursuit of busy has robbed us of opportunities from really connecting with one another, one, but two, of really making an impact and a difference in uh, the communities in which we live, uh, communities that are proximate to our communities, and even like thinking about how could we leverage our gifts and talents to make it, you know, an impact nationally and globally. Yeah. 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 I think um, another thing that can sometimes get in the way of integrating service as a regular part of our lives is just being overwhelmed by the needs in the world. Oh, like there true. are so many different ways you can serve. Like you can go serve at an animal shelter or yeah. with an organization like Love Beyond Walls. Yeah. Or, I mean, there's just so many different uh, ways you can serve. I think some people might like not know where to start. Yeah. Like what would you say that, say about that? Yeah, that's good, man. Um, I normally tell people like if you are thinking of just doing any type of service at all um, to ask yourself, like, you know, what makes you mad? Uh, You know, what upsets you when you look at the world and see an issue? There's something that rises to the top. Um, It could be something that you could relate to personally or it could just be some type of passion that you have towards some injustice in the world. And if you figure that out, or even if you don't figure it out, I I normally tell people, well, who is around you? Ask yourself, who is around me that's doing that work? And go join in. I mean, if you have to answer a phone or send an email, or you'll be amazed at the number of organizations that could just use (laughs) a body um, that you know, just wants to be there and support and serve in any type of way. And I think uh, what people can end up doing is, is by being in close proximity, you gain clarity on what you like, what, how you want to help, how, how can you help, what you're good at helping with and all of those sorts of things. And I think the barrier has been uh, people hasn't, haven't asked themselves what, what is the thing that's on my heart? What is the thing that upsets me? If you break down the word MAD um, into an acronym, it could stand for make a difference. The thing that upsets you or makes you mad is probably the area that you're supposed to make a difference in. And then from there, taking the step to say, okay, I've identified something around me. Uh, Let me just set aside. You could start with an hour a week or an hour every other week or a couple hours a month or a few hours a month. But setting aside that time where... (laughs) you have it locked in your schedule 
and you start to pursue this as a way of creating and establishing a rhythm in your life, I'm saying, man, once you get active in being in, you know, being involved in in the organization and being involved in the lives of uh, the people who the organization is walking with, uh-huh. man, your life will begin to change. Yeah. Would you say? Yeah, I think, I mean, serving others is definitely a, a surefire way to change your own life. Yeah. Because you start to break down walls, uh, you start to break down preconceived new um, ideas you have about other people. Mm. Um, and I mean, you get just, educated. Yeah, it changes every, every facet of who you are. Yeah. What would you say, um, keeps people from taking that step though, or asking themselves the question, you know, what upsets me? Hmm. I think a lot of people are almost afraid to ask that question. A lot of the times, uh, when we use words like, um, getting angry and mad and upset, like those can be viewed as negative words. Yeah. I don't think that necessarily has to be the case. I mean, you look all throughout scripture and God is always angry at stuff, but he has like a righteous anger. And I think we can, we can have that same type of anger about injustice in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I, that's so true. Like, you know, I think anger that is acted upon in a negative way um, can be dangerous. Mm-hmm. It can be harmful, but uh, anger can be also a healthy thing where it like becomes a spark that pushes us to do something positive. Yeah. Like if you ch- channel it in a, mm-hmm. in a healthy way. Um, I have a designer friend uh, that posted this quote, uh, you know, one one way to use your anger in the world is to create something. Yeah. Um, you can create something beautiful. I know last week we were talking about creating community, but when we think about uh, creativity, uh, creativity can extend to, you know, creating opportunities within the rhythm of your life to serve, creating opportunities to use your talent to create something for organization. Yeah. Uh, creating something uh, with how you're wired and gifted to actually help an individual um, who may be facing poverty and homelessness to, to move forward, man. Uh, there's so many things that you can do uh, and a lot and, and use that leverage that uh, as a motivator, mm-hmm. not as something that causes you to do harm to others. Yeah. Yeah. But we've seen the antithesis of that though in our world where we've seen people get angry mm-hmm. and upset yeah. and it's called cause them not to create solutions, but to uh, push the, uh, the agenda of division or to mm-hmm. push like hatred and, and stuff right. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like where you see it becomes toxic. They yeah. Don't allow their, their anger to become like a creative force for change and good. Like you said, but the um, allow the anger to sit and, become bitterness and hatred even towards others. Yeah. Which would, um, I would think in many ways, uh, you know, cause there have been times though, like bro, where I've been, I've been upset. Like I've turned on the news and I've seen something like a police, uh, 
you know, killing uh, unarmed, you know, black person, and I would get really bitter. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes to the point where I have no words, and I have to reach out to uh, individuals just to have a conversation of like, you know, just to voice my opinions and my thoughts, which I think is very healthy. But then I go from there and I ask myself like, how can I create change? And when I think about it holistically, it feels overwhelming. But when I think about it on a localized, what can I do right in front of me level? I say, well, I can contribute to the world in this space. I can, you know, continue to defy and break the stereotypes with how I live and conduct myself as a black person. Um, I can uh, lend my skill sets uh, in ways that will uplift people around me. And I I see that as a motivator uh, to do more good in the world. Uh, But I've seen the, the opposite of that, man, where, you know, people just get so angry where, uh, they're in constant like trying to attack yeah. each other and yeah. argue all the time, man. And I'm a doer by nature, so I'm like, yeah, I know. Uh, you know, there's evil that exists. There's bad. There are people doing uh, terrible, hard, horrible mm-hmm. things, and they're unjust. Uh, but then I go, like, what can I do uh, yeah. to make a difference around me? And I think that's an important question that we must ask ourselves. What can we do uh, with with what we have, what we've been given, um, and how can we make a, use that and make a difference around us? Yeah, I mean, because I believe calling out problems and injustices is important. Yeah. Uh, no doubt about that. And I think there are even some problems that it takes like a large amount of bravery to, yeah, it does, to expose man. and call out. But yeah. at the end of the day, the problems is going to be there unless somebody does something about it. Right. And if all we do is sit and call out problem after a problem and don't do anything more, I mean, we're not being part of the solution. Yeah. That's maybe, for sure. I mean, maybe it's twofold though. Maybe, you know, if you are uh, bothered by something, maybe you do call out the problem and uh, – <laughs> Maybe you continue to call out the problem, but maybe you couple that with... With doing something about the problem. Doing something. Yeah. Or uh, educating somebody or like doing something that extends beyond the anger. And yeah, yeah man, I <laughs> I don't know how we got uh, caught, up, caught up right on that, but like right. I just, you know, I think it's very important for people to ask themselves that question. Mm-hmm. What upsets me? And... How can I use that as a motivator to get involved and roll up my sleeves and actually set aside time Mm -hmm. to do it? Yeah. I mean, I believe doing doing that does fit in with creating rhythms, uh, consistent rhythms, because using that that thought process and integrating that into your life where it's not like. I mean, every day we're going to get hit and bombarded with different problems and injustices in the world. Like we turn on the news, like you said, and we see it. Uh, just scrolling through Twitter earlier, I saw um, some white lady like calling the cops on a guy who was visiting his aunt at an apartment. Like, no, blocked his way. Like, wouldn't let him in. Like, no, yeah. Was the guy black? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. 
And she was like literally like not letting him pass. No, that like, upsets me, bro. Right. And like every day we see more and more stuff like that. Yeah. But taking what you said and uh, breaking down like, okay, this makes me angry. Um, I need to call it out and I probably need to keep calling it out, but I also need to to do something about it. Yeah. Man, I, I love uh, I love the fact that we have an opportunity at least to ask ourselves, how do we call it out? How do we, you know, rearrange our squat schedules where we aren't swamped to the to the point where we can't give of ourselves? How do we uh continue to um you know serve and make service a lifestyle yeah uh that becomes transformational for us personally but also transformational to whatever environment we are contributing yeah in and uh towards the end of the chapter in uh in this chapter i literally talk about the importance of pushing back against feeling overwhelmed and asking yourself, how can I change the entire system to asking yourself, how can I change the one? Um, How can I uh, find that one person uh, in the community? How can I find that one organization in the community? And how can I take, uh, you know, steps to actually be involved in the one and the one approach Although it doesn't seem like a lot, man, it it can have a ripple effect. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I like how you brought up earlier um, about having an impact on the the community itself. Yeah. And how important uh, having consistency is to that. Like not just showing up in a community once a year or even twice a year, but somewhat consistent, um, showing up somewhat consistent. Yeah how important that is for the people you serve. Yeah. Building relationships. Yeah, man. Um, I think that's very important. Um, I don't know if I told this story before, but, you know, uh, our organization is kind of like been planted in a community for, geez, going on six years now. Uh, We know so many people have deep relationships with people have walked with people through uh, tough and difficult situations. Um, I actually just learned this past uh, gathering that uh, one of the community members that used to come to the office passed. Uh, his name was Joe. Um, and how uh, one of the brothers who actually told me about Joe's passing made this statement. He says, man, thank you for loving Joe to the end. And I was already like feeling emotional because I remember uh, Joe coming to the office and a couple of people text me pictures and, and stuff like that. But like just thinking about how important it was to like be with him and right. love him to the end, how right. important it is for, you know, you to build relationships and you know, keep the relationships mm-hmm. and maintain the relationships by your presence. Yeah. Sometimes ministry is just presence. Oh. Sometimes doing good yeah. in the world is just showing up and continuing to show up, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it communicates a very, it can communicate a very damaging message to the community when you come in and you leave out. 
Yeah. And uh, it leaves people asking, what, what happened to so-and-so? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important to um, create this rhythm like you're talking about, man, to build long-lasting relationships. I mean, mm-hmm. last last week we talked about community and the importance of, you know, the communities in which create and the communities in which we find mm-hmm. and the communities that people are born into and like you said last week, man, sometimes we are the person that brings good to someone else's life. Yeah. Who is that one? Who mm-hmm. is that one organization? You know, yeah. how can you carve out that time? Yeah. Because I mean, there are people on, on both ends, right? Like there are the people who we're serving and then there's us. And for us, sometimes it can be like a, like you said, like an event or a service project. But for those other people, the people we're serving, man, it's not an event for them. It's their life. Mm. And I mean, they deserve our, uh, not just our, our you know, undivided one, yeah, attention. like not just our once a month, uh, feel right. good project, but they right. do deserve our relationship. Yeah. That's good. Man, I, I have a question in this chapter, um, that is profound. What, what type of legacy will people leave if they continue to show up? Hmm. You know, yeah. when we think about the term legacy, um, we think the, the definition of that at its core is like, what will outlive us? You know, what are the investments and the time spent and the things we create that will outlive us? And so if you look at how you enter into this lifestyle of service, you also have to see it through a lens of, this is the legacy that I want to leave behind. Yeah. Um, that when people look at me and look at my life, they will see they will see a legacy of servant leadership. They'll see a legacy of um, giving back in a way that is uplifting to those in the communities that I was called to. Yeah. Yeah. And legacy is like, I mean, it's such a big word. Like it's, it's the it's your entire life, what you're leaving behind yeah. and you start building it. I mean, pretty much from the day you're born, mm. like you're building this legacy that you'll leave behind and every decision you make, um, every day of your life affects your legacy. Mm. And when you say leaving behind a, like a legacy of service, man, that goes so much deeper than showing up to service events. Like it's, it's gotta be part of your everyday life. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily have to look the same way every time. Like, I mean, service can be, it can be simple. Like it can be, uh, throwing away someone's trash for them, Mm. uh, to something huge, like buying them a car. Mm. But no matter what, like it's, it's serving others and serving people has to be an internal part of who you are. It's gotta be part of your core to Mm. really, to, what I feel like really leave behind a legacy of service is that's what you have to do. Yeah. That's good, man. I love this quote in the chapter. It says your daily rhythms and consistent practices determine the type of life you're going to leave, live and the impact you're going to make Hmm. your daily rhythms and consistent practices determine the type of life you're going to live and the impact uh, that you're going to make. 
Uh, so you got to think about where you want to go and yeah. be honest with yourself about how you're going to get there. Um, you know, ask yourself, where do I want to contribute in some way, mm-hmm. in a rhythmic way that will make a difference? <clears throat> Jesus himself said, whoever wants to become great among you must be a servant. Mm-hmm must be someone who is in a pursuit to make the world better, uh, to do more good, to uh, serve other people in a way uh, that is uplifting. Mm. And I think that is at the core of how we're going to see impact made. Uh, one person being you know, set on fire or set ablaze in their hearts to say, man, how can I take what I've been given, whether it's small amount, little amount, Talent wise or treasure wise, time wise, whatever, and make a difference. Yeah. That's and, good. Yeah. And keep showing up. Yeah. Always be consistent, show up. And I think, um, I think one easy way to, um, to look at service and like we say, like we want to make this part of our lives, um, is to break it down into like super simple steps and say, like, Man, I know I want to make service part of my life. How how do I do it? Yeah, and keep going down the list of hows. I think you uh, you had like a like a list of like oh, seven, seven wise. wise. Yeah. yeah. What about seven hows? Like, okay, mm. how can I make a difference? Okay, mm. um, and keep like going from like really broad, like okay, I want to serve within an organization, right, down to the very specific, to where it's something you can do in like the next hour, like make a phone call and sign up to yeah. serve or something like or that. Or how can I carve out time? Yeah. Like, in this busy week. Okay, I'll cancel this appointment, mm-hmm. and then that will uh, lead me to the next how, and so on until you're actually making impact and difference. Yeah, I like that, man. Using the how method. The how method. The how method. How do I do this? How do I and do just this? keep on asking until you have an action step that yeah. you can take. Yeah. Um, or how do I remove something off of my plate to even create the margin? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's good, man. Yeah. Um, in closing, man, what would you encourage people to do right now? Right now? Yeah. Man, I would just say, who can you serve in the next hour? Mm. Or like, the next 24 hours? Yeah. Like, I mean, you may be driving to work and uh, see somebody on the side of the road. Uh, maybe they're homeless or maybe the, they have a flat tire. How can, how can you serve? How can you have an impact on that situation? Wow. Or uh, it might be something like uh, calling someone up and just saying something good about them, like something you've seen in them. I mean, that, that's a, that's an act of service, I believe. Yeah. Uh, like pouring into other people. Yeah. I would, I would say <clears throat> even start to adjust your mind and create the mental space to start seeing yourself as someone who has something to contribute. Yeah, that's good. Because the reason why we see the event-oriented service-type person is because they haven't made the mental shift yet. Mm -hmm. They only see it as something that can be turned on and turned off. Yeah. But if you make the mental shift to start seeing your life as... something that is at any given point can be used of service. Like you said, any given place, Mm -hmm. 
then I think we'll see, start to see more people activate it. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, if you've been listening this far, we want to thank you. Uh, if you've heard anything that speaks to you or uh, you think would speak to a friend or family member, man, we encourage you to, to share this podcast with others, to uh, subscribe to it, to leave a review. And if you want to follow us even more in depth, uh, we, we're on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Terrence, what are your social media handles? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm at I'm Terrence Lester. That's I-M-T-E-R-E-N-C-E-L-E-S-T-E-R. Uh, that's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, our organization, Love Beyond Walls, is at Love Beyond Walls. Also, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we just launched a, a museum called the Dignity Museum. That's Dignity Museum, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want to, look us up online uh, at lovebeyondwalls.org. What about you, man? Yep, you can find me on all the social media that I'm on at Johnny Taylor 95 That's J-O-H-N-N-Y-T-A-Y-L-O-R-9-5. Nice. All righty. Thank you all so much for listening. Next week is actually going to be the last episode in this season. Wow. The last episode. The last episode in the season. Yeah, man. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. But we hope you listened to the last one. Yep. And you continue to listen as we go forward. Uh, Yep. Into the next season. Alrighty. Thank y'all. Yep.